I'm excited to announce that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash cheapseatreviews. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Thanks for the support. Oh. <laughs> Pepperoni pizza, please. Shaken, not stirred. Power to the people, Kaz. Power to the people, Marty. One cannot trust anybody these days. You and I, we live on West Coast time. Thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Chad Monterey's Coast Evans. Can, can I talk now? Yes, you can talk now. Oh, yay! <laughs> glad to be here. All right, good. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad we're all back together. I know uh, we had a week off, and then Corny and I did the special thing, but we're back to normal cheap seat reviews shenanigans. We're not supposed to talk about that, Sean. And, um, that, was, that was a special moment between you and I. Oh. How dare you, sir? <laughs> and the other hundreds of people that listen to this podcast. Uh, Cornelius, Cooties Rat Seaman Logan. You know, I actually thought you were going to go with Midnight. I really thought that was going to be the one today. Oh, no. I wasn't going to do that. And Sam, Too Many Secrets, Vector. Always Too Many Secrets. Yeah, so let's pull up a big comfy chair and dive into this show. Well, this movie is, is Sneakers. Did I say episode 26? I don't know if I did. It's episode no. 26, and to th- this is uh, Sneakers. Um, this is that Robert Redford joint with Sidney Poitier and a bunch of other really cool people like Dan Aykroyd and Sir Bean Kingsley and Mary McDonald and River Phoenix and a lot of famous people. That guy that I can't ever remember, David Strathairn. Heron? David Strathairn. I can't pronounce his name. Michael Strayhorn. Uh, no. Michael Strahan? Michael Strahan. Yeah, the, the, Strahan. The, the, the defensive end from the Giants. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. He's in it. Uh, this is a this was a favorite movie of mine growing up back in the nineties. I I just this I don't know. It's just one of those movies again that we all have those movies growing up that whether they're great or they're not, we just we kind of fall in love with them and just have a fondness for them in our souls. And this is one of those movies for for me. So if you're wanting sneakers, what what is this movie? I've never heard of it or. Or I remember it one time, but I don't know what it was about. Uh, unfortunately, Catherine was unable to join us again. This is what happens when when teacher or uh, when we summer people go away and they do stuff. So once again, Corny will bring us his his linguistic skills um, to to tickle our eardrums with whatever the heck he's going to say. So Corny, a complex but lighthearted thrill about computers and cryptography, <laughs> government espionage. Secrets and uh, deception and betrayal. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Was that ladies' man? What was, was that? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. That was a uh, thing I felt since I had to come in and have a little a little talk about this movie. That's great. Oh my gosh, that was brilliant. Well, thank you, Horny. Gosh, I was laughing so hard I don't even know what you said. Uh, but but this is a uh, uh, this is a. What is this movie? Well, this is that movie. This movie is uh, 1990-somethings, 92's uh, sneakers, right after the communism has fallen, so we can't use Russians as bad guys anymore. 
Or can well they tried. Well, they they actually kind of did try, and um, but it obviously didn't work out, and so we have to uh, make. uh, Uh, Sorry, Sam's Sam was obviously his computer died, so Sam is unfortunately no longer. He's not using his good microphone. He's using his headset. Crappy microphone. He's using his headset thing. So if you hear a lot of horrible noises, it's probably Sam. Yeah, sorry, I was moving around about it either. No, he's not. So. So this movie, it, it basically the concept is is that, uh, and again for you leverage friends, if there's if there's more than just corny now, this is leverage before leverage, you know I, these, yes, you know like these these guys go and they, um, maybe not so much in leverage, but in this case they're they're all genuinely good guys and they break into places so that, uh, you know people can't break into those places. In case you didn't actually see hear the line in the movie, or whatever, this is where is it. It's over there. There it is. Next to here. There it is. I got oh. it. This is what the movie is. So people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Not a very good one. Yes, Such ju- a judgmental... Wait, I was about to say, uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. I just, they're... Th- there's so- yeah, there's something really strange about that scene. First of all, you're writing him a check. Yeah. You're sitting at your butt all day typing, and you're writing this guy a check who gets to do something really interesting, and you're going to judge him? Now, yeah. maybe the only thing I could think of is that... Um, oh, there's Corny's chair. Yeah, was, no. that, was that maybe she looked at how much the check was? And she was like, this isn't a very good living, you know? So, you know, that's the only thing I can think of. Anyway. Did it ever say, you know, how much that check was? No, it didn't. It One didn't. billion dollars. I don't know. I mean, how much would you think that that service was? I mean, manpower and equipment and... I I'd know. put it in five say, figures. Uh, yeah, a yeah. couple grand. Uh, five figures, really? Ten, fifteen grand, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. Yeah, ten, yeah. ten grand for me to break into your place to protect a hundred grand. Exactly, or I mean, probably even more than that, really. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, that's what they did. I mean, he, he walked out with, what, a hundred grand, right? Yeah. And he walked up there and chunked out a bunch of cash. Sure, he'd spend 20 grand. It doesn't matter. That's just something I was thinking about. I don't know why. Uh, so Robert Redford, uh, Dan Aykroyd is probably my favorite part of this movie. Um, he, he, in this movie, is what he is in real life now. I don't know if you guys have seen like his Twitter feed or anything like that. He's just ridiculous nut, conspiracy theory nut. The government's out to get us, and and UFOs are real, and all this. And they they go really overboard in this movie with that, though. And I there's love a couple it. times I'm like, it's just come on, stop, just enough. Yeah, I, it, not enough for me. I I'm all for it. I think it's hilarious. I enjoy it. It just makes me laugh, especially between him and. Sydney. Uh, Sydney Poitier, yeah, they're all they're back and forth. He goes, Now you're saying that the CIA you know caused the earthquake? Well, I can't prove it. Like that stuff to me is fun. <laughs> and I like that banter. And uh, so 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 that so this movie uh, as I'm as I'm scrolling through my, my notes as I'm trying to get to back to them. Um, basically I, I I guess we've already tried to explain what this movie is. Oh I, I didn't do my thing. Sorry, I, I this is what happens when you take vacation. Chad, is this the first time you've seen this movie? And if so, what'd you think? You know, this is the first time I've seen this movie. And to be honest, you know, I kind of came into this movie thinking, you know, 
really not not high expectations um given the the other ones that sam has has picked out for us to watch <laughs> to, be, to be fair i picked this one so yes yeah this was not you also made time. us watch rubber but um yeah that's true too yeah, okay. that's true yeah, yeah okay. that, that was a, and so but that was Wait, a recommendation if i remember right yeah rubber ooh. So, uh, yeah rubber was a recommendation um, um and this is this is real live weather reporting. There is a huge storm going on outside, so if we lose power, hopefully the podcast will eventually air at some point. Anyway, so continue, Chad. Well, you know, I just really thought that. Stop it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's coming. there it is. There it is. <laughs> um, actually, watching it, I, I really like this. I like this film. I had a lot of fun with it. Um. I can it uh, it kind of took me back to you know literally 1992 with all the you know, the techno the the technology in there but yeah um, but honestly I mean if you take the technology you know uh, you, this film could still happen today yeah I, I think in so my opinion. yeah yeah I, one of the things that I really like about this movie that a lot of other movies do really badly especially in the 90s is that they treat the audience like we're a bunch of idiots and that we think that technology and computers is this magical thing and that we don't understand them so we're going to make them so ridiculous and fantastical that no one can understand the crazy computer and the the strange internet i mean 92 was kind of a really interesting time for that stuff i mean most of us were uh, 10 11 years old Sam was 40. Yeah, Sam was already 40. But <laughs> I hate you all. But you know, we were we had really no idea what the heck was happening as far as that kind of stuff was goes, but Age of the Geek, baby. Yeah, right. But you know what I'm saying is like if you go back to other movies, like uh, that stupid hackers movie or um War Games? No, War Games does it pretty well. There's there's some movies that do this kind of t- Oh, this is back in Swordfish. Swordfish, Swordfish does it terribly. You're correct, Yes. Morning. You've got like these 30 different monitors and he's typing a thousand miles a minute and there's a sphere on the screen. Like what are you typing? What are you typing? You know, like in this movie, you see what he's typing. There's literally lines of code and you, and there's, there's a real to real machine doing something that real and real do, you know, and it was very, it was very um, realistic feeling. I'd never felt like the director was talking down to us, you know, don't, Hopefully they won't notice that the briefcase is smaller than the painting. None of that happened in this movie to me. <laughs> I think you did there. So, so corny. Um, uh, same question as always. All right. Uh, so I thought I'd seen this movie before. I actually had not seen it. Oh. But then I realized at the end I had seen the last five minutes of this movie oh, okay. and never knew what it was. <laughs> I kept wondering why Ben Kingsley was going to shoot that guy. <gasps> but he doesn't. Anyway, spoiler Right. And uh, but no, no, I watched this, and um, as I was watching this, I, I started making all my uh, leverage comparisons, and yes. uh, I, I found a lot of comparisons with leverage. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I can't wait to to maybe pick your brain about that. I, but, uh, but, I would almost bet that if we the direct the creator Dean Devlin of Leverage, I bet if we asked him if leverage or if sneakers was a source of inspiration, he might say yes, or he might say never heard of it, just to kind of protect his own ass but yeah i would bet that 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 this is a thing and sam yeah this was one of my favorite movies um during that time as well uh i remember renting the the tape at least three or four times mm-hmm. to uh, to watch this thing loved it 
I was a little concerned going back into it. It was one of those movies I, I didn't watch it, you know, past the year 2000, only because I, I was a little afraid it wouldn't hold up. And, of course, some of the technology hasn't quite, uh, you know, kept up in the movie. But as a time capsule, this is a pretty darn good little movie. Yeah, yeah. I, to me, the, to te- me, the movie holds up, holds in my opinion, because, because we're deeply rooted in 1992 with this. So, like, we know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, the yep. movie's not trying to be 2014 looking yep. like it does then. So I think that the technology, yeah, it looks old and weird, but I think it works. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Um, so the opening scene is you got, you know, uh, Marty and, and uh, his... Marty! Uh, Marty! Marty! There's got to be something to be done with your kids! Um, <laughs> Nobody's seen Doc Brown is a... Uh... <laughs> furiously working on the DeLorean. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so uh, so they're they're basically they are doing what they they call a prank, and basically they're mm-hmm. they're using the the, the network uh, at the computer back at Berkeley, I think is what it was, like in the '60s, to redistribute wealth, which was the big thing back in the '60s about wealth distribution and stuff like that, and. Obviously, Marty goes out for pizza, and uh, Cosmo um, gets arrested and spends the next while in jail, and so thus creating our bad guy, which I think is a trope. You know, the bad guy goes to jail, and then as a result of him going to jail, actually has bettered himself than the hero, but then hates him <laughs> for it. You know, I don't, I don't know. What I gotta be. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm go ahead. sorry. I was gonna say, and I gotta be honest with you. This is the worst hero or villain story ever. Uh, there's almost no reason for him to hate him. Like, in all honesty. Really? He did something. Yeah. He got it wasn't, caught. It, yeah, it wasn't like he, he randomly, le- or, you know, he left on purpose. He was going out to get food. There was nothing. He was tricked to go get food as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I agree with Corny. You know, as much as I love this movie, that it's kind of a, this guy is holding a pretty bad grudge here. Yeah, you're right. And that, uh, to me, really is one of the, the kind of the weaker points of an otherwise pretty darn good film, is his motivation really doesn't, there really isn't a whole lot. Like, I mean, he's the king of this vast empire of money laundering and this toy company, and, like, he has done very, very, very well for himself, and Robert Redford and his crew are barely scraping by. Like... You know that whole term you you get revenge by living well. Like you <laughs> you've won. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> but but because I guess the first six years or so of prison were really bad, I, I gotta I gotta stick it to my old pal. Eh, well, whatever. Um, uh, but you know, so back to that moment you know, when he in, uh, I wrote in case we forgot it's 1969. Here's a Vanagon, a Volkswagen Vanagon. <laughs> um, that's a perfect, like, hacker vehicle, by the way. Right. You know, you just kind of, well, yeah, I mean, these guys are breaking in to redi- redistribute wealth. So the director's like, all right, so these guys are, they're not hippies, but they're part of that movement. So what kind of vehicle would they drive? Oh, yeah, of course, they've got to be driving a van again. So what else would they drive? Um, Braille, Playboy. Maybe a car again. Uh, a cardigan? No, a car again. Oh, okay. Uh, they drove it the first time. Yes. Uh, Braille, Playboy is awesome. It made me laugh. Um, again, I, I just thought it was so subtle that the way that they were able to kind of introduce the characters, uh, by their little quirks, you know, 
When we need to do, we need to explain that he's blind. Well, how can we have him blind? We should have him reading something in Braille. Well, what would be hilarious? Playboy. All right. So we'll have him read some Playboy. And Dan Aykroyd is a conspiracy theorist. How can we show that? Well, we'll have him venting to the CIA guy about the uh, fake Apollo moon landings or something like that. Like, like all the characters like are introduced in this really kind of <laughs> clever way. And of course, River Phoenix is shown as the over enthusiastic boy scout who puts on what blackface and then Sidney Poitier walks up and they kind of have this kind of funny back and forth look like, <laughs> you know, it's just, like, it was, are you serious? Yeah. Like <laughs> I almost expected him to hand Sidney, uh, whatever his name was like, here, you want some? And then, you know, have the funny exchange. And, and then, of course, you get the, uh, you know which, which line to cut, Carl? Yes, it's always the green one. And then he cuts the power to the entire building, which is hilarious. So th- <laughs> this movie was really fun. And I just, I like the movie for that. Um, yeah, blackface jokes are always funny. So then we get... Says who? Yeah. I'm so playing. then we get the judgmental <laughs> secretary, which we heard. And then... Uh, you know that, that I don't know if it's a trope, but it, it I I don't know if I might not even wrote it down as a trope. But so you got the two kind of CIA guys or the NSA guys that come in, and they've got the trope, and we're we're getting the lay down the uh, the backstory of all the characters, which again is a really clever way to say, all right, here's how we got all, here's how the team got to be together, without actually showing how the team got together. And then the guy says. And Martin Bishop, and then he, he did he literally need to bring an empty folder just for that moment, like. Seems like a little he's, dumb. Like he's, he's packing up his briefcase and he goes, "Let's see, all right, got the file on him, got some extra <laughs> pencils, and uh, Martin Bishop folder." Yep. Can you give me a plain Manila folder? Right. Uh, that's a well, waste, guys. We 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 need to cut costs here. We can't yeah. be taking these things out. Well, of course we know that that then, but we know now that they're working for Cosmo. So we obviously, they obviously know who he actually is. So maybe yeah. like Cosmo is in there in his little weird room saying, okay, take an empty folder to make the point. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> you know? And he'll give you a mean look and he'll call somebody a name. Maybe he'll say something like this. We protect our government's communications. We try to break the other fellow's codes. We're the good guys, Marty. Gee, I can't tell you what a relief that is, Dick. So... <laughs> if you have to say his name is Peck, that you, <laughs> right. Peck. If you have to come out and say that you're the good guys, chances are you're not, you're not, not the, the good, good guys. guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not the good guys. Um anyway, so so they get they basically get conned to steal this little black box. Again, ooh, ooh can I add one more thing? Please. Like what is the statute of limitations on you know, breaking into, you know, Wanted for fraud. I, mean, I don't know because it was a federal crime. Wait a minute. Oh, are you going to look that up? <laughs> yes, I am. This is the kind of hard, uh, hard-hitting journalism you can only get here on cheap seat reviews. Um, while Corny's looking that up, the the guys are conned <laughs> basically into or or basically uh, told that they have to do this thing uh, and they have to steal from um, the mathematician. The mathematician who uh, I, I didn't do my Marvel or my uh, comic book connection. I didn't have time to do that. But that guy is Donald Logue, and he is going to play the partner to Jim Gordon in the new DC Comics Gotham TV show. How cool is that? Yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch. Wasn't he in How some sort of stretch? No, I'm just kidding. 
Wasn't he in a TV show? Yeah, it's called Ground. It's called Grounded. Grounded for Life. I cannot see him in any other character other than the dad from that show. Right. He's done some pretty other cool stuff. He was actually he had a cool uh, few episodes um, on SVU recently. And Vikings. He was uh, he was actually the Viking king. Believe it or not. Well, I am a Viking, Viking king. In Vikings. <laughs> in the new, yeah, the, the new his- show? Yeah, the History Channel show. I've only seen the first season. He's not in it, the first season. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, maybe it's second season then. Maybe I haven't seen Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So they, they offered them $175,000. Big this. money, big money. And I kept thinking to myself, does that, I guess maybe to them, if they're making like what we estimated earlier is only twenty dollars or $20,000. But that didn't seem like a lot of money to me for some reason. I don't know why. No. I mean... Well, with know. the inflation, I, I'm sure that was what. And yeah, I mean, you guys, ninety-two. I mean, one hundred and seventy-five. I'm, I'm saying that's probably well, you know, three, four. Think about 000. it. Yeah. Think about it this way too. They already have all their equipment. It's not like they're buying new stuff for this one heist. Yeah, I know. Just for some so reason, it's all, like it's all based, you know, going right into the uh, payroll. Maybe and maybe they. Um, I bet you that they would have like gone too high. They would have like, wait a minute, what's the deal? You know. Yeah. We'll give you a this million a, dollars. Wait, we'll this wait. is government government money too. That's true. Yeah, they go. Yeah, okay, that's a good number. Good job, uh, Irish dude playing German Gunther, which is kind of funny. We just talked about him. Uh, yeah. Peeping Tomming is hilarious. You know they're getting they're getting it on in the room oh. and and uh, he's like, "What's going on? Nothing." And then Sydney Poitier comes and he goes, "Hey, let me see. Let me see." And he walks. <laughs> 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 I love it. It's great. Um, so then they, uh, so, so they, they're awesome. able to, they're able to steal the, um, the box and there's a really funny scene when Robert Redford has to like walk, talk, you know, kind of con his way out of, uh, the office. Actually, the better, the funnier part was before that. Yeah. He, he gets I love there, that part. He gets to the door, right? The door's got a keypad and he goes, anybody know how to defuse a keypad? And like, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing. Well, Dan Aykroyd, of course, had a cousin who was in Vietnam. Of course, he fought on the other side. And he's got this book, right? He's so no, it was Desert Storm. If oh, I that's remember. right. That's right. Yeah, Desert Storm, but he fought on the other side. So he's got this book, and Sidney Point. He's like, "All right, let's try this." And of course, then we only hear Robert Redford's side. And he goes, "Uh huh, uh huh, yeah. Wait, oh, oh okay, uh huh, yeah." And then he just kicks the door in. Yeah, goes, that was great. He goes, "Yep, hey, it worked. That worked." Like. What, is, what was he saying the whole time, you know? Oh, by the way, uh, statute of limitations for fraud is five years, so I think he was okay. He actually didn't have to worry about it. I guess so. But that wasn't the crime that he was going to hang him on. No, the murder. It was the murder of the Russian dude. Yeah. So. And anyway, we don't find that out until later, though. Well, we haven't gotten that part in, into our narrative, but yes, we know that. Yeah. But, the uh, but, the initial, but the initial, the initial uh, strong arm was, uh, you know, you did this thing, and then if oh. you don't do this thing... We'll put you in jail. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess he yeah. probably could have just given a big middle finger and said, I don't care because, like you said, the statute of limitations is up because I look all this stuff up because I'm, I'm Martin Bryce. I'm smart like that. The CIA guy would know that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, wouldn't the CIA guy know that? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. But, the don't... CIA, but he didn't know that – CIA guy didn't know that he was wanted for yeah. something. That's true. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, again, it's it's – it would still be kind of a scary thing, though, you know, that the government comes to you and basically says, we know who you are, do this thing for us, or we're going to screw up your life. Maybe they can't arrest him for that thing, but they can make your life, his life miserable. So I, I can see the motivation to, to do the deed, to do the thing. Um, 
More so than Cosmo wanting to get back at his old buddy for whatever reason. I mean, he shoots a gun at him. I mean, gee whiz, dude. Calm down. Um, <laughs> so then they steal the box, and they take it back, and they have this really cool scene. This is one of my favorite scenes. I, I, there's a lot of movies, scenes in this movie I really like. Again, it's that, it's that thing that's near and dear to me, so it's, it's going to be that. But, I mean, Chad and Corny, you've not seen this, so... You know, correct me if you think that I'm going too far, but the cool thing when they're they're playing Scrabble, right? Which is where your middle names came from. And uh, wait, really? Whistler wow. goes. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> my mom's got some explaining to do. And no, this movie came out in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbasses. And Whistler's like, let's hey, do Moss. Let's, let's plug. Well, this. Whoa, 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 too far. Yeah, let's let's plug this <laughs> thing in and see what happens. And so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was the R32-9000. Right. So he plugs the thing in, and he got this really great computer, there. and 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 we uh, we get to have this cool thing where he's figuring things out, and all of a sudden we, we get to see that really cool shot where he's got the big black sunglasses on, which the only reason why he's wearing sunglasses at night is, I mean, I know he's blind, but not... That's not that's that's just a thing that we think that all blind people wear. They always wear sunglasses. They don't. But it gives us that cool shot of we see the screen scrolling in his glasses. And when he hits that thing where the code is and his glasses are just lit up, it's a cool shot. So then they get to they punch into different things. So I'm assuming they're using the telephone system that they can actually access and they get this encrypted. It looks all weird and encrypted and then he he hits a button and it's all clear. And and it's a really kind of well done thing. Did you guys, I mean, to me, I actually genuinely kind of felt a sense of, this is actually kind of terrifying. That, mm-hmm. not just that these guys could to do terrible things, but what if the government wanted to do terrible things, you know? So it was actually really, again, well done. The, I, I was going to say, like, the part when he says, anybody want to crash a, a passenger jet? I just kind of like, like, I've got a, just a small cold chill. Right. And we've talked yeah, about yeah. this a couple couple times before, but it's like, and there it is. There it is. Now, there, yeah. yeah, that's that's obviously the pre nine eleven thing, and yeah, and yeah, and you obviously can't joke about that kind of stuff anymore. Um, but yeah, and I, that was literally my note: makes airplane crash joke pre nine eleven. But you're right, though. But it was still kind of a chilling moment, and they, they, it was filmed or done, I think, so tastefully and well that. You know, they were kind of joking at the power that this little microchip has and how dangerous this yeah. thing is. So, I was, again, done really well. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a trope, but you have that thing where uh, maybe it's a, I think it's called a MacGuffin, maybe, where they're getting ready to get, basically, Martin is about to get killed by these two NSA dudes or fake NSA guys. And they just happen to have bought a paper and it's in the back of his Porsche. And oh, he yeah. just happens, I think it's a Porsche. And he, he looks then at the paper to see that um, the, <laughs> the mathematician, mathematician has had been, been killed. killed. Right. So again, oh, I think uh, I think Ooh. DSS Machina. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper, uh, uh, newspaper X Machina. Ooh, yeah. ooh, <laughs> ooh, yes, ooh. Yes, Chad. Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. Yes, Chad. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you need to go to the bathroom? <laughs> no. No. What? What? What paper? What? What paper gives a flying crap about a mathematician that was shot in that one. LA? What, what city are we in? San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. People get so shot all the time. Well, I don't know. Maybe because he's yeah. kind of a high-ranking dude. Plus, he's, he's a working. German. 
Yeah. He's a German dude working for the government. I mean, that's kind of a yeah. big deal, I guess. But it's going to make front page news. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it's a bottom. It's, I mean, he was kind it's of... below the fold. Oh, it's below the fold. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. see that part. It, it was. It was, yeah. below, it was. And that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- I don't know. I don't know any mathematicians, but I bet you. Well, think about it this way. Know. Like he was a big deal, and you know he's considered a genius. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that if, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson showed up dead tomorrow with three bullet holes in him, people are going to, it's going to be all over the everything. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Bullet holes there before or after? No, I'm just kidding. Is that the mathematician from Jurassic Park? No. No. That's the only other mathematician I know. <laughs> what mathematician? Ian Malcolm's a mathematician. I thought he was a chaos theories guy. He's not a that is part of that is a math theory, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Well, no. Why is he running around with those little gems from Sonic? I don't understand. Why is that even? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> gems from Sonic. Oh, I missed you guys. Oh my gosh. Um. So chaos emerald chaos theory. Okay, never mind. Uh, so. Uh, I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you. So then, Straight. will you allow it? Yeah. So then, so then, uh, uh, Riggs realizes that these guys don't work for the NSA, and there's something wrong. And then we get that cool line: maybe they uh, were government, but maybe just not ours. So he goes and see his Russian pal. Of course. And, and and of course, you have to have a Russian pal. And he's able to get into the Russian consulate through the lobby, past three armed security guards with a gun. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and and don't forget, this is directly after the Cold War ended, so it's not like we turned off a switch. Right, it's not like we're all pals again, and we're all just having you know big love ends or whatever. I mean, like we still hated each other, kind of more or less, right? I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't remember, but um, again, to us, that's the thing that happened. But I mean, '89. I mean, again, we were seven and and nine or eight or ten or whatever you were, Sam. Forty, but, apparently. Yeah, but. <laughs> Again, that, 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 that event doesn't really have much of an impact on our lives as other things have later. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I got a feeling that somebody would, he would have to go through some kind of metal detector at some <laughs> point or some kind of pat down. Uh, but that's okay. And it's a good thing also that the, the, um, uh, the, the symphony that they were listening to or the quartet has musical timing to hit the... Oh, I love that. The, that that the, the, made the, me laugh. The loud note when he sticks the gun into his back. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, speaking of, I really liked the music in this. Right? Yeah, they did a great so, job. Speaking, speaking of which, Chad, and I'm glad you brought that up, I thought it was very odd that, uh, you know, it says music by James Horner, and then featuring Brad, uh, Braxton Marsalis. All right. Was he that, Yeah. Oh, it's just weird because you would never say this music was done featuring blank guy in a movie. I've never seen that before. I've never have seen that either. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I'm trying to think of any other times. I mean, there have been other times when movies were done scored by bands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Queen did Flash Gordon. Um, um, things like that. But will save every one of us. Uh, but normally, yeah, you're right about that. That's interesting. Um, I did like the music. I, I I found it interesting that the two main instruments in the in the whole the, of the movie is that piano and the oboe. I just thought that was really cool. I just I, again I'm a big fan. Uh, there you go. Russian gets into oh no. Um, then he got then he gets shot and it's bad. And then we get the reveal that wait 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 what? Can I say the limo driver is an idiot? 
Yes. Sure, you can. A Russian lim- Why in the heck did he get out of the car? Why not punch it? Uh, yeah. One would think you have lucky. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> limo drives you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what, Sam? I, I'm trying to. Th- I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to say what we would do in that situation. But if my passenger gets shot, yeah, yeah. I'm in a three thousand pound weapon. I'm flooring it. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those. It's a limo. It takes about zero to sixty in about nine minutes. But still, <laughs> still, yeah. That's the that's the first time I've ever really noticed that too. It was this time. I was like, dang it, what what kind of idiot would jump out of the car and start running away? I never thought about that, but that's a very good point. So they'll never see this. I guess. I guess maybe because <laughs> running a serpentine-like fashion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bob and weave, Bob and weave. I don't know. Maybe the only thing I could think they could think of is that 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 it was going to cost too much to have him get shot in the car and like have the car crash. Yeah. The director's like, we can't afford to do that. I just need you to get out and run. But that's not what I will do. I don't care. <laughs> that's what the script needs you to do. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, did anyone not see the bad guy being the bad guy, the dude from the beginning of the movie? Like that—that that wasn't a big shock, right? I mean, that was—I would hope not. I mean, I know they kept leading throughout the movie that he died in prison, but you know, if you're making like 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 three or four points in the movie that the guy died, eh, he's not dead, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so then he gets kidnapped and he gets taken to the most uncomfortable office I have ever seen. <laughs> All right. So first off, you've got these pictures of historic, you know, you've got the Hindenburg blowing up and you've got all these other stuff. Then you've got this fish tank with tiger fish. And then you've got his <laughs> little stand-up desk. Did you guys notice? It didn't seem tall enough. Like, he seemed like he was hunched over to touch that keyboard. And I thought, how uncomfortable is that? Nope. And then my other question was, is that, did you notice that the, um, that the, the answering machine, the black box was just sitting on the desk? Like, with no it, wires. Yeah, is no, it, is no it Bluetooth? The only in thing now? there. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you Bluetoothing that thing in? Is it a Wi-Fi thing? Like, what is happening? That was one <laughs> of the few times where he says, "I can now do this because of the chip you provided me, which I haven't taken out of the the answering machine. Why would you take it out of the answering machine and plug it into your your computer? So it can be stolen later on is the only answer. Very good point. Yeah. Um, so. No bad Russian accents. Oh, I'm game, game on. Like, but corny. I mean, you're the computer nerd of the four of us. I mean, you work with computers every day. Wouldn't that be the like if literally you have paid thousands of dollars to these two henchmen to basically steal this computer chip? The second you get it, you're installing that bad boy, right? That chip is going. That chip is going into a device that stays on my person at all times. That's the first thing it's doing. Or in some ridiculous vault that not even Parker mm-hmm. could break into. You know what I'm saying? Parker, not your son. Parker from Leverage. <laughs> I um, wanted people to think it was my son. That would be awesome. Yeah, but Parker's a he's a klepto. We we keep him locked up. You know, just <laughs> we keep breaking out. <laughs> so, uh, so that that room you know, when they, they he they're talking and then he he whispers like we need to go into the quiet. That room that he's sitting in is actually a, a Cray supercomputer. Now, I only know that because I read the trivia. But yeah, when I, first yeah, I didn't know that too until I read it. But every well. time I saw that, I'm like, that's the most uncomfortable quiet room ever. <laughs> like, if you're going to have a cone of silence, like, put some recliners in there or something. Like, it just, I feel like if you're going to have to have talk where you're afraid people might listen, so you built a room 
I'm going to have a comfortable chair where I can, you know, smoke a cigar and have a brandy and, and do my evil dealings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about just writing it down, actually. Just just get pen and paper. I mean, write it I, down. No I words have, said. I have, a, I have a room like that. Nice, comfy chair, you know, where I uh, envision all of my evil doings. Right. I think everybody should. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I have I have my office here where I record stuff and and talk to Chad about his evil doings. So yeah, uh, and no one listens. We FaceTime except for the <laughs> the people that we record and let listen to. Um, so then he gets uh, he gets yes, beat up a bunch. Martin gets beat up a bunch, and then he gets dropped off, and basically his his life is screwed. So now the whole point is is that they're going to have to contact the the NSA and let them know that they have the box but in order to get the box they have to go steal the box back um so then they go through this really cool and clever way of getting back to where he was taken from and the um you know the, the so i thought that his machine uh, whistler's machine that created the road noises why he <laughs> has that lying around i don't know but it was really cool that he did and you know, he turns it on. Oh no, it's lower. You know, get the frequencies right, and then the recurring sound of the seams and the concrete. And you know, I just it was a cool bit. So then they finally get to Playtronics or whatever the hell the place was called, and we get this cool line here. It's a toy company. Toy company, my ass. It's laser fencing. It's high voltage on the perimeter. The whole building says go away. It's Cosmo. I know it. Yeah, the whole building says "go away." I like that. For no, sure. seriously, there's a big, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, advertisement big saying "go away." <laughs> big <Right>. letters. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, what right. does it mean? <laughs> what? I don't. It means go away. So they, 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 they're they're scouting this place out, and there's a funny moment where he's got a shotgun mic aimed at the building, and Whistler's listening to all the doors and, and the rooms and stuff, and of course. I'm thinking to myself, the 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 audio nerd me says, eh, it's not quite how that's gonna work. You're gonna hear. But are you blind? Are you blind? Come no, on. I'm not. And what I'm, but my point is, is that that shotgun microphone is gonna hear everything between that shotgun, the end, and the building. So you're gonna hear the cars and the birds and them talking, oh, yeah. and you're gonna hear everything. And then he's saying he can hear the the floodlight batteries recharging through concrete and drywall and then some steel uh, again. Well, you know, if, if you, if people knew how to use sound booms and, and actually <laughs> use them in a professional <laughs> manner, I'm sure there's all sorts of crazy fun stuff you could do with it. That's true. I, I, I actually, uh, anyway, I'm not going to tell you that story. On there. <laughs> oh, why? Oh, why? Was there, a, was there a horse in the scene? Not this particular <laughs> moment, but I'll, I'll talk about it. I quit it. horsing around. I'll talk about that off scene. Anyway, I just thought it was a cool moment. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then they have to, they find uh, Warner Brandis, which is. Warner Steve, Brothers, backwards. Yeah, Steve Tublonsky, sort of. Steve Tublonsky, <laughs> he's hilarious. And he does really ridiculous things in his movies. And he had the best. Uh, no, not, not there yet. So they, they, they have to do recon on this guy. So naturally, that means you have to do stuff like this. Oh, mother. Sorry, Liz. Standard procedure. Trash from the guy's house. And thank you for bringing it into mine. So they do recon on the guy, and they find out he's the, most world's, boring, the world's most boring human. So they hook <laughs> him up with 
her, Liz, uh, you know, from Dances with Wolves. And yeah, I thought. Okay, good. Yes, Dance with a Fist. And Tatanka. Tatanka. And she, uh, um, they go on his date, and of course the whole thing is awkward and ridiculous, and he's, they would never work out, but he has the best pickup line. I have to give him, he's got some <laughs> balls to say this. Uh, Doris? Would you like to have breakfast with me? Sure, fine. Shall I phone you or nudge you? <laughs> and you're right, that is probably... Jack, please. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I plan on using that later. Yeah, uh, you've got to have some <laughs> balls see what happens. To, to drop. This date has been horrible the entire night. She just got, you know, all excited when you said the word passport. So this is what you do. Um... So there you go. Best pickup line. So they're doing the cool break-in scene. And immediately, again, it's one of those things, because I've done... Well, the, this is the big heist we're talking about. Yeah, now. this is the big heist. They're breaking in, and they've got to get people in, and they do these really clever little things, like one guy goes to the bathroom, and then they get Dan Aykroyd dressed just like the other guy. And, uh, and of course, the, the timing is perfect. The guy goes into the John, and the other guy's at the, the guard is out there, and then the guard's about to go into the John to check on him, and he sees the other guy out there. And then Dan Aykroyd leaves, quote-unquote, knowing he's been seen by the other guard, which I thought was, again, kind of that perfect timing, but it's movie magic, whatever. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so then they're crawling through, and they have to turn the, the room in Cosmo's office to a particular point so that Robert Redford can eventually sneak in using... Um, <laughs> sneak in. Yes. Thanks. Um, using Warner Brennan's card that, that, and the voice, and they, they get in. And I, I'm all on board with all of this until he starts crawling around on that drop ceiling. Sam, <laughs> you have installed <laughs> drop ceiling. You can, I'm, I'm laying under a drop ceiling as we speak. You can, <laughs> you can barely set like a pencil on drop ceiling before it yeah. breaks. And he's yeah. crawling around on that thing like it's concrete. So, again... Yeah. Eh, whatever. Uh, you know, only people that know know. Yeah. And that might be that one or two times the director goes, "Hey, they people don't know that drop ceiling is strong. It's industrial. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's being no. held up by wires. Cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being held up by wires and metal frames that aren't attached to anything. They're just there. <laughs> It's so, basically, you know, uh, uh, clothes hanger wire. Yeah, exactly. Again, that it it could maybe if we were to be able to lay down and distribute our weight evenly, it might hold us. It would sag something awful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you'd go right through it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, the panels would break. No, no doubt. You yeah. know, someone's up there, basically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, did you guys notice that every time one of the guys went in and out, a piece of paper printed out? Now, they showed us that, right? And I thought that that was going to matter later on. You know what I'm saying? He Say that again? Robert Redford takes Brandis's card and swipes it to get in. And then a little dot matrix piece of paper prints out and says, Warner Brandis checked in at such and such time. Yeah. So they show us that. So I'm thinking, that's how they get caught. Oh. So then you know, go- I... I've seen this so many times, I've totally... I just yeah. don't even notice that. So then he goes into the, the death booth. And then he uses the tape recorder, which, by the way, really, the, the, the machine knew that he was talking too fast. And, and it's programmed to, to, to speak more slowly. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> that was great. I laughed out loud. Um, so he swipes his card and then to get into his office. And then that little piece of paper prints out again. 
Warner Brandish entered office at X amount of time. I, again, I thought, well, if you're showing me this, then that must mean something. So I figured that was how they were going to get caught, is that he comes in and he's like, someone's trying to steal, break into my office. Well, let's check the record. We got this long piece of paper here, because that's what we do here at Playtronics. We just waste paper. We rip off a piece <laughs> of paper. Yep. It says you entered your office 30 minutes ago, and here you are. So <laughs> something's going on. Again, I thought that's how they were going to do it. Obviously not. So where was I? Bad, yeah, I wrote corny, uh, whoever mentioned it, the, the bad motivation. I wrote, bad guy's motivation is based on 20 years of jealousy. Yeah. That's actually kind of what it was. It wasn't even just a prison. He was he was jealous because he got he was the cool dude, and he, he got the girl, and like like... Well, and, and here's my, uh, you know, not only that, but the reason for him to want the box in the first place is kind of dumb mm-hmm. in my in my mind. Because apparently his story is that he got hooked up with some mobsters. Right. And he is now in charge of all the electronic parts of that business, of the family business, if you could say. And his reason for wanting this box was so that no one could catch him doing this. Right. So that the government could couldn't. That's what he tells Marty. Yeah, but I, to me, I'm thinking to myself, good Lord, you know, you can break into all these different places and take money. Yeah. You know, you don't even need that, I, you know. I, I think he's that weird extremist dude that the point is is that he actually wants to do what he says later is to reset the whole damn system. Yeah. I think that's what he wants to do, a fire sale. And, you know, get Die Hard 4 going on. So... <laughs> Uh, and then Bruce Willis shows up. So did you guys notice that when he's, when, um, first of all, it was one of the most intense, slow moving scenes ever when he's walking through the, through the room and he's really <laughs> slow. Like you got, I, I, to me, I'm like, Ooh, I've seen this 32 times, but is he going to make it this time? I don't know. You're, you're two like, inches. Was it two inches per second? Yeah. Two something. inches per minute. Per, per minute. That seems, no, it seems slower. Is, it, is that what it was? Two inches. Like two inches per minute. Like two inches per second is pretty easy to do. Well, yeah. Mississippi. Two Mississippi. I don't know. That's kind of slow. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, all I wanted them to do, you know, since he had the 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 uh, leverage earbuds, and <laughs> someone just to start going. They're gonna get you. They're gonna get you. They're gonna get you. Right. <laughs> just start whispering stuff in his ears. I can see your pants. <laughs> the funny thing was. It was also super convenient that his those sensors that he has in his room, his office, allow him to have just that one square meter that he can drop down into, or square <laughs> foot, whatever. Sorry, it's America. And then, how did he jump back up? I mean, Sam, could you jump back up into your drop ceiling right now? No, not without. I c- I could if I wasn't so fat. Well, I mean, you but from the floor? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You, yeah. You could grab onto a truss and. I, I guess he grabbed hold of something. I just I thought yeah. that's kind of a tall jump. Uh, now, well, in the movie, yeah, that that's. I mean, my drop ceiling in here is what uh, yes, maybe eight, eight feet, maybe he's maybe, maybe he's wearing feet. Air Jordans. That's probably it, Chad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you, that's what this whole thing's about: is sneakers. Right, right. The sneakers yeah, that he had allowed him to get to the room. Yeah, that was a good connection. Bring it all back together. It comes full and circle. Didn't um. Didn't Mythbusters basically prove that this could never happen? I don't know. Did they? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you think can't they, beat they, a motion sensor. On, yeah, a motion heat sensor and all that stuff. Nice. Basically, if you hold up a plane of glass, you're you're hidden. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, 
So did you guys know when? Oh, so so this is late at night, right? This is nine, ten, eleven, twelve, whatever, whatever at night. It doesn't matter, right? You get to talk about when the alarm goes off. But no, before the alarm goes off, when okay. um, when uh, he's there complaining, right? Yeah. He's there like, oh, he took my car, Turkestan. And all of a sudden, out from behind the smoky glass light mirror or glass, smoky glass. Comes Trevor. Comes, yes, comes Trevor. I, was, I wrote Gandhi, <laughs> but comes Trevor. <laughs> and my thought was, does he live in this building? <laughs> like, why is he there? And why are his henchmen there? Like, because the, they are they are apparently all outside in a van. Well, no, no, not, no. Not, not that part. Not, I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about I'm talking about the part before that part, which is funny. oh yeah, the the two evil the two guys. The, yeah, the yeah. guy. You can tell he's evil because now he's got a ponytail. Like, oh, you know that yeah. dude's evil. And the other guy, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, you got the two sub bosses, and then you got the head boss who were yep. there at like eleven o'clock at night. And again, are are they doing evil deeds that late at night or? But don't they go home? I mean, you would think that he has a big, nice mansion to go home to. I just thought it was weird that they would, he just showed up. Then he screams, Money! And the alarm goes off, and then all these people come running <laughs> from the parking lot. Instantaneously. I don't, you're right, Sam. I, I immediately, I never noticed it before, but I'm like, where are all these guys ready to go to sprint with shotguns? <laughs> And the next question is, why are they coming from the parking lot and not from the <laughs> yeah. building? Yeah, we would think if they were there, they'd be they were all on lunch somewhere. break. Hey guys, it's a beautiful night. Let's go out lunch. <laughs> yeah, we got some tacos here. The ta- you know, Jose and the taco truck just showed yeah. up. Take your shotgun with you, by the way. I mean, you know how Jose has to feel about that. Uh, who wants it? Okay, you guys can have the tacos. Just don't shoot me. Oh no, where I shoot you? I don't care. Just take the things. Right. I don't care. I just. Chad, Chad, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I just got quiet. I just, you hadn't said anything uh, um, demeaning or threatening in the last minute or two. He was so. sneaking around the uh, conversation. <laughs> he didn't want to. You were actually going out into the parking lot of your, or out into the street of your house in case someone breaks in. Then you can run in from the outside. Is that what you're doing? Yes, but you have to make sure that the light and the smoke is all in the right, you know. Right. I just thought it was so weird, like. Why are they coming from the parking lot? Like, wouldn't their quote-unquote barracks be inside? just seems extremely inefficient. But it was a cool scene to have all this movement at one time. I mean, they were ready to go. As soon as that alarm went off, bam, time to run. I mean, they were in full battle gear at a moment's notice. I just cracked All right, guys. They're all on a smoke break. Right. Again, with their shotguns. That's where all the smoke comes from. Um... So then we get the scene where so they're they're trying to escape and then we get uh, did I miss some some lines uh, to pick up no then we get um, yeah this thing here Carl what the hell were you waiting for that's not easy what I just did oh that's not what I wanted is it no well whatever. <laughs> I must not have captured it. I thought I did. I'm so upset now. I captured the scene where he says, um, now. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole bit where he does that. Oh, no, is it? Here it is. Never mind. Now. Now? What are you talking about now? Now. Damn right now. (laughs) Carl, now. (laughs) 
love the way he screams. That's so funny. <laughs> so then we then they, they they scuffle and then she gets the gun and then gets back up and then you know uh, Martin gets to punch that dude in the face like he got punched in the face like twelve times and then we got that line I said earlier. Here we go. Carl, what the hell were you waiting for? That's not easy what I just did. All right. So now I ca- <laughs> so now I have this for forever. That's not easy what I just did. So when you guys start giving me grief about something I didn't do right, I'm just gonna say. That's not easy what I just did. And then I'm gonna say this. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you torturing me? I did nothing to you. I've been the uh, most behaved of the You know what? You know what, guys? I'm going to allow it because <laughs> this is where you throw in the I am the law part. Oh, now, I'm going to allow it because I am the law. There it is. Yeah. All right, I just have to be ready on that one with Chad every time from now on. I just whenever Chad says I'll allow it, I'm just going to hit that button. So then you have. Um, uh, By the way, the way Carl falls through the ceiling is is if you basically put any weight on a. Uh, right, that's how it would actually work. Ceiling. That's exactly what happens. How, how convenient that he fell through the one no, tile that allowed him to do it. Yeah, I know what Carl's special power is <laughs> to increase his uh his, his weight. Mass. Yeah. His mass, yeah, exponentially. Yeah, these things can hold two hundred pounds. It's a good thing Carl can. He's like Colossus from X Men. He's a mutant. That's right. what he is. That's got to be what it is. Um, so, so then we get the they're they're doing the cool escape, right? And yeah. they they beat these guys up and they're leaving. They go to the roof, and mother and I can't. Oh, I, hold on. And before before even that, can we just mention how easily? The guards easily infiltrate the building. You know, they're they're storming the building from the outside, and then they're gone. Right. They totally disappeared. Yeah, I thought that was strange too. Like once they got, I guess once they were captured, they were told to go back outside into their. <laughs> All right, guys, send your taco break. <laughs> yeah, go back to your hovels outside in the parking lot for whatever reason. And no matter what you hear or what you see, yeah, especially if you see uh, a mysterious van shooting slot, lights, yeah. yeah. Flashing the brights. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're fine. Just, just leave it alone. Uh, except for you two. You two go yeah. up there and check out that van. But the rest yeah. of you, and we're going to leave the lights flashing for whatever reason on the building. But everybody else, just you go back to your hovel outside underneath the parking lot. All right? Get back in your segways and go over there. So the two guys <laughs> go up there to check out the van on the hill, which, like, was the least hidden van ever. <laughs> <laughs> we were parked on the hill across the thing. Dude, not only that, it just flashed the headlights. <laughs> right. You know, at the building. So Something's the, going on in that van. So then the two bad guys show up, and why does that one guy have to pull out the midnight reference? <laughs> put your, you know, put your hands up. You too, midnight. Like, what? Like, Real. really? Uh, again, I, I guess. It made it, me laugh. I'm, I mean, it, it, it actually didn't make me laugh. It kind of made me uncomfortable for a second. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We need. Poitier needs the motivation to beat the hell out of these guys. Well, like he didn't have it to begin. They call with, him Mister Tibbs, right? So then he, so then <laughs> Whistler, the blind guy, has to drive the van. So he's on comms with uh, Robert Redford. He's talking him through, you know, put it. In, you know, it's it's also good. Well, it's a good thing that they had already started the van. Obviously, that otherwise this wouldn't work. So he, the two bad guys are busy over there, and then I wish I would have captured the line where Poitier said the reason why I had to leave the CIA was because of my temper, but I think the reason why I didn't capture it is because he, he, he drops the mother effer, you know, the, the mother, uh, oh, the mother... Nerf herder! There um, we go. Yeah, on yeah. him. So, so Whistler's and, now driving the van. And can we comment 
if, if this poor little blind man Whistler wasn't in this movie, they they would have never even gotten this far. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah, like he he's... did everything. He did. He really, really did. And you start thinking back. You know, what are the other group members of this whole posse? You know, I, Dan Aykroyd. What exactly did he do? Um, he plugged stuff in. He plugged stuff in, and he got <laughs> trash. <laughs> yeah, he was exactly. no, He was the facilitator. That's what he did. We need this thing to happen. You need you need to have sound in the mathematician's office. Okay, I'll hang on this cleaning thing and put a microphone against the window. He was the okay. facilitator. That's all he okay. did. Okay. You could have gotten an intern to do what he did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, yeah, we're gonna need you. Yeah, how do you get how do you get that intern job? Like, do they, is there a college placement program? Well, probably, I don't know. So, Pointier's job was basically uh, law enforcement. He was the he was yep. the um, he was the muscle. He was the hitter. He was he, the hitter. He was the hitter. Yeah. He's the muscle. Just uh, you know, he's you know old. Um, and then you've got River Phoenix, who's uh, well, I don't know what he's uh, the thief. The th- I don't know. Yeah, but. Well, he was the thief, but he really didn't do thieving, did yeah, he? He, didn't, he just put blackface Circum- on and, circumvention and uh, <laughs> infiltration. Yeah, that's uh, he's just the young whippersnapper that they can have him crawl through air ducts. Yeah. Yeah. Just the comic relief. He, uh, yeah. Well, Dan Whistler's kind, of, Whistler's kind of the comic relief. I they thought. all kind of have. Well, fun they all were yeah, pretty that's good. True. They all had fine, some, fine. They all have. Comic they all have some fine moments. But I, I could say you, you lose one member and you're still okay. Right, I think any one of those guys, except Whistler, and you're okay. Except Whistler, yeah. But if it wasn't, no, I think you, I think you have to keep uh, Redford because of his. Well, uh, he's the leader. Oh, obviously, yeah, he's the leader. He's obviously the mastermind. You have to keep him. And he's doing ah, all the stuff thing. If you think about it, right? But you're right, Sam. I never, I never put into. But if it wasn't for Whistler, they would not have figured out what the black box was. If yep. it wasn't for Whistler, they never would have been able to track back to the room to the place where the, Robert Redford had taken them. If it yeah. wasn't for Whistler, they wouldn't have been able to get the van down to where they were. If it wasn't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's the hero of this movie, and we don't even know it. Like, we could reach; they could change the name of this movie from Sneakers to If It Wasn't for Whistler. Whistler. <laughs> How about hey, Whistler there's, Dixie? There's the name of the podcast. There you go. If it wasn't for Whistler, yeah. So there could be a spinoff about his uh, about his parental unit, and then call it Whistler's mother. Oh, wait, that's go. a painting. There we go. All right. Nice. <laughs> I'm game for this. <laughs> so, so he's driving through the parking lot, right? And he's having it's hilarious. No good. He's he's hitting these Whistler curbs. Whistler, why you work? Yeah. Jeez, oh, stop it. <laughs> he's hitting these curbs, going like 40 miles an hour, and he's bumped. You know, all that gear in the back is probably destroyed oh. now, right? This stuff's bouncing all over the place. Oh, his version of Lucille. And did you get? Yeah. Did you guys notice that when he hit those two cars? I only noticed because I actually watched this with a, a friend, uh, Catherine's husband Billy. We watched this together, and he said, "Wait, wait a minute. Rewind that and go back. When he hit the two cars, did you notice how badly parked those two cars were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, like each car took up four spaces. Well, you know why? Because that's where the uh, henchmen were. I guess. I and their know. cars, when the lights went off, they had to just leave their car that way. The only thing <laughs> I can think of is that in order for the, the van the van to hit one, bounce, and hit the other one and bounce back straight, that's the angle they had to be at. Yeah. Billy, but And I've probably seen this movie <laughs> probably a good dozen times, and I never thought yeah. about it. But Billy goes, who has never seen this movie, goes, hey, those cars are parked really badly. <laughs> so... You know, you try to avoid the dings and dents of a parking lot. You just, you know, you double park. <laughs> right, right. 
And then the other really <laughs> funny part at the end of the movie is when they get um, uh, James Earl Jones shows up for whatever reason, and, and because he's a federal because agent, because he's James, he's James Earl Jones, he can go wherever he wants. Yeah, damn it! So How much did that cost them, by the way? I don't know, I, that's what. Hey, can you can you come do us a favor? You're not filming the Hunt for October, are you? No. Okay. Cool. Thanks. So, he comes in and they basically get all the things that they wanted to buy with the money that they were supposed to get from the NSA. Only the NSA tried to kill them. So they get all the things that they want. And the to me the funniest part, the cute part, obviously, was River Phoenix wants you know the the girl with the, the girl's number phone number, yeah. right? But I think the funniest part is when Whistler says, "I just want." Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. So at the end, we see a news clip. This guy's talking about... Uh, RNC has been... Yeah, the Republican up. National Party is bankrupt. And all I wrote was, yes, yeah, still from the Republicans, because they're evil. So, Well, well this is a yeah. Robert Bedford movie. You know. I know, I know. Well, he didn't direct it, but you, I know what you mean. So, so that's basically the movie in a nutshell. I think I played all my clips, right? Uh, did I? That's not easy what I just did. Okay. So, uh, tropes, I wrote the two, getting too old for this trope. Robert Redford oh, yeah. said that at the beginning of the movie, which that part was funny when Carl <laughs> jumps over the, the, the banner, banister or the, the counter. And then Robert and Redford. trips. Oh, yeah. Robert Redford tries to and trips and falls. He's like, oh, I'm getting too old. And for did this you thing. notice he never really even had to do that because uh, Sidney Poitier just kind of goes right around the counter. He's just trying right to be, him. he's just trying to be a 20 year old kid, you know? Uh, door kicking always works. Um, On every door. <laughs> oh, did you guys notice? So, so once they realize that what the thing that they have is what it is, and Poitier says that line, there isn't a government in the world that wouldn't kill us all for that thing. So they, they lock up and they leave. Uh, the um, And it's clearly been hours later. And Sidney Poitier is sitting there in the dark loading his gun like a badass. I don't know if that's a trope, but it should be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's not like he just had to load the gun. It's the and I'm pretty sure that if that gun was probably already loaded anyway. You know, he he's loads it and he puts the button he's like the, the round in and then he flips it closed like a badass and he's looking around like, yeah, that's the guy I want watching my back because that's the way a cool guy loads a gun. Um, head uh, head 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 equals knocked out. This was back in the 90s that if you punch somebody in the head, they're knocked out. There is no multiple. Ow. Yeah, there's none of that. That hurts. Jeez, you broke my... Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you're such a jerk. That hurt. Yeah, it's just punch in the face, you're knocked out. Done. Um, I don't know why that was a thing back in the 90s and the 80s, but it was a real... Then Jackie Chan kind of came along and said, nope, we can... All... The human body can take a lot of uh, abuse before we're kind of out. out of yeah. You know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a trope. I kind of like it though. The part when they're talking to the the actual NSA and they do the phone trace, yeah. and they have to have a little graphic of the planet and the little blinking dot chasing <laughs> around. Like, like corny. I don't know if that's how we do phone traces. Like, if that's an actual thing, but I kind of want it to be real. I'm not at liberty to say. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, they I'm, use Google Earth, right? I mean, okay, I'm that's sure, what I that's a thing. I'm pretty sure that's not how it actually does stuff. But it, I, again, I'm pretty it, sure the, the way that the, the, all the, the phone traces work is that uh, your, your your phone uh, bounces off like a couple of towers, and they just triangle start doing triangulations based on your the tower or like the closest tower you are. So yeah. I don't think it's as uh, as easy to to quote unquote bounce a phone thing. Right. But if you're going to do that, you're usually calling from like a, a computer, and then that is being routed 
somewhere else, and that is that's apparently well not as hard to do. Well, no, no. That, the 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 point I was making wasn't the fact that they were they were tracing a phone call. It was oh, the just fact the, that uh, they were they were using a graphic. You can see rep- them. Yeah, it was a graphic representation of what was being happened, like a car. Also, you got the Indiana Jones airplane, basically. Oh <laughs> my god! Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that'd have been great. <laughs> Spe- speaking of that, real quick, we watched. Uh, I think we watched the Muppet movie, not the newest one, but the one that came out with Jason Segel not too long ago. My wife and I. Yeah. And there's that funny part where like we need to get from New York to L.A. really quickly, and like, well. We don't have time for a montage. Well, let's we just travel, travel by map. map, and they do it. It is hilarious. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I didn't do my comic book connections, but we obviously know that, well, we don't oh, obviously know, but Robert Robert Redford was in the um, the new Captain, Captain America, America 2, and there was some other ones, but I don't know what they are. So, oh, let's see. there you go. Corny, if you want to look at some more up, yeah. you can. It doesn't, whatever. But... Uh, and uh, I can't and do I re- if I'm am I remembering right? Was River Phoenix uh, young Indiana Jones? Yes, yes, he was. Okay, and then he I, tragically okay. died of an overdose. Yeah. Uh, trivia about this movie: When Robert Redford and Sir Bean Kingsley attempt their initial prank at the beginning of the movie, the facade of the building seen is the famous Hill Valley Clock Tower from the Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> Marty. Right. Body. Right. How Body. funny is that? Uh, we, we mentioned it earlier. The uh, the computer room off Cosmo's office in the Playtronics building is an actual Cray YMP multi million dollar supercomputer, and it was the world's fastest computer at the time of the film. Uh, Which is really sad because that computer can now be on someone's phone. Cell phone. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, other comic book connections. Obviously, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor, yeah, yeah, Iron Man 3, yeah. Uh, and Don't James Earl Jones, if you really want to give him the... Uh, 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 damn it. Um, the Star Wars? Star Wars? Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, I don't. Nah, um, I wouldn't think that one. To prevent the project from being thought of as a kid's movie by being rated G, the directors intentionally <laughs> added profanity to the script just to make it PG. How funny huh. is that? Yeah, I read that too today. I was actually, you know what? This is a pretty darn clean movie. Or PG-13. And only PG-13 because Poitier drops the F-bomb. Yeah. Like, you take that out, it's a PG movie. So Should we say that Sidney Poitier was like the uh, Samuel L. Jackson of the, of yeah, the past? Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. I just did that. And then Robert Redford, I think this is too cool. Robert Redford's jacket is the same one that he wears in The Natural, 1984. I thought that was really cool because I love that movie. Okay. Uh, that's it, right? That's that's our movie top. Now we do the top three, right? Am I missing top anything? three? Top three. Top three. We decided we to... need like a, a musical intro for this. By the um, way, um, okay. It's the top three. Um, you and I like top three lines on the right hand side. Of... I'm just kidding. Damn it, man! I'm a doctor, not a torpedo technician. All right, top three. <laughs> I don't know how that didn't do it. That's just what was terrible. That was horrible. That's what I have. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll work on that. that. I like that idea of having a little top three. We'll work on that. Top three. Yeah. Uh, top three Robert Redford movies. Chad, go. A River Runs Through It. Yes. Obviously, he directed it. wasn't in it, but yeah. he directed it. I don't care. No, that was, that was... Was he not in it? I thought he had a little cameo in it. I don't think so. No. You might have thought he was in it because Brad Pitt looks just like him, but no. Yeah, true. Maybe that's what it... I don't know. The Last Castle. 
I really like that film. I do too. It actually is really good. And I, I don't think I've it. ever seen that one. I saw that on the list. I was like, I don't it's, think I've seen that. It's actually it's worth seeing. It really is. Okay. Uh, you, the quick quick premise: um, Robert Redford is a is a is a is a general, and it's today's mm-hmm. time. And he uh, has a bunch of men killed on an assignment, trying to save a bunch of other men. And it was um, he basically is uh, he pleads guilty of uh, something, and he goes to jail. He goes to whatever army jail is. And okay. the Sopranos guy, who's what's his name, Chad. Tony, uh, Tony, uh, Soprano, whatever his name is, he's yeah. in charge of the jail. And Zach Galifianakis, no, James Gandolfini. No. Yeah, James Gandolfini. <laughs> Galifianakis. He's a strange Italian name. It's got to be the same guy. <laughs> Racist. And he, um, he's in charge of the prison, and he's basically a horrible, evil man. And J- uh, Robert Redford kind of stages a coup, a prison riot, kind of a thing. It's really cool. Go watch it. I highly recommend it. It's not streaming, is it? Uh, I, don't I don't think so. So, so fun if it's streaming. If it's streaming, it might be worth watching. It's a pretty good flick. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> because. I'm the law. All right. There you go. That's right. There we go. Is that it? Is that your three? You said The Natural. I the said. River Runs Through It, the, the Last Castle, and what? Um, Really, that's the only two I've really, I've really seen. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So you got a top two from me. Top two. Very good. Corny? Uh, I think I've only seen three things that involve Robert Redford, one of which being <laughs> sneakers. I don't know why. It's kind of weird. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with the uh, Captain America with Winter Soldier. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, oh, excuse me, The Legend of I kind of like that movie. Did, and, he, did uh, he direct it? He, he he did direct it. Okay. Okay. And Sneakers. Is that because, Will Smith? Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Will Smith and um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> what was the one with the, the Transformers kid? What's his name? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. What do you mean the one with There him? was a golf movie with Shia LaBeouf. Holes? No. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it came out about the same time as Legend of Bagger Vance. And I, I Four? I don't know. Golf movie. He, he would not have been old enough. I mean, Dr. Vance came out in 2000. I'm pretty sure. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. No, that's Shadow Adam Sandler. Oh. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> I get them confused so often. I'm really, I don't know what you're talking about, Sam. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Are we all? No, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. It's French, right? All right, actor. So he's done fun. All right. Monkey business? Um... No. Uh, greatest game ever played. There you go. Greatest game. 2005. That's about a golf? Game? Yeah. Never, That's about a golf. A golf. I've never, <laughs> even, I've never even heard of this. That's Bill, about a golf. <laughs> Bill Paxton directed this. What? What is he doing directing crap? Let's just skip sneakers and go this route. What the hell? What is this? I told you. Um, like I've never heard of any of these people that are in the cast. Sorry, Lebu. I mean, like, I've, again, I've never heard of any of these people. Okay. Anyway, so I, sorry. It, does, it doesn't matter. Whatever. All right, moving Fine. on. He was in a golf movie. I didn't. I, I knew I'd, he was in a golf movie. I Dang thought it. I'd seen most of his garbage that he'd he's been in, but well, it's not <laughs> his fault that he was in. I mean, Constantine was good despite him, and iRobot was good despite him. Anyway. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, so, Corny, you did your two. So, Sam? Yep. Yeah, I've got a, an honorable mention to uh, the overly long and sometimes boring, but the mu- music is awesome, natural. Yep, I love that movie. Um, then I go up to Horse Whisperer, which is a pretty cool flick. Good story. Um, he was a uh, producer on A Civil Action. Yeah, that's a good movie. Which is a really good movie. And, of course, my number one, The River Runs Through It. Yeah. Uh, wonderful movie. Beautiful movie. Yeah, I, I would probably give honorable mention to um, the, the, the Last Castle that Chad mentioned. Captain America yeah. 2, I really liked his, his part in it. I thought he actually added a lot of class to an action uh, superhero flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, River Runs Through It, great movie. Makes me cry. There's some moments that kind of make me cry and whatever. And and the natural Sam, you have issues with it for whatever reason, but I love it, <laughs> and that's fine. So yep. there you go. Uh, yeah. So out of ten, right? We done? Yeah. Out of ten. Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, let me make sure. I feel like I'm. Uh, we're, we'll get to mail in a second. So out of ten. Ooh. Uh, Chad, right? You're usually first. Um, how many? Oh, geez, I didn't write anything down. This is what happens. Uh, how you create something? How many somethings out of ten would you give this? Um, I'm going to give it, uh, eight Braille Playboys out of 10. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. That's good. That's nice and high. All right. Uh, nice. Uh, Corny. Uh, I'm going to give it seven. Um, I'll give it seven shot of the boo out of, uh, no, no, <laughs> no, he's not in this movie. Get him out of this. I want, I don't want him anything to do with this movie. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give it seven. Uh, I don't know. Uh, seven midnights out of ten. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Seven midnights. Okay, uh, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it, uh, let's give it uh, eight broken ceiling panels out of ten. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love this movie. It's a great movie. It holds up. It's a caper movie. It's a heist movie. It's a it's a hacker movie. It's, oh, there's so many good things. Yeah, I would yeah. give this eight and a half Random dudes running from the parking lot into the building with shotguns out of town. Is that hyphenated? Yes. And by the way, the only reason there's eight and a half is because one guy actually fell on his shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) He left his shotgun at the the taco truck, actually. He's just running in. Hey! He he didn't make his dexterity check. (laughs) He rolled a one. Ah. Oh, we're nerds. Um, all right, well, there you go. So that's that. Um, yeah. Uh, mail. We have mail. You've got oh. mail. Thanks, Sam. Um, oh, wasn't prepared. No, that's fine. Don't play it. Uh, from this is from our buddy Alan. Okay, hey, Alan. I just listened to the Dread episode. Um, which one? This one. I am the law. Yeah, and <laughs> I can't believe you guys when we were talking about the scenes. You know, the the, the slow mo scenes. I can't believe you guys left out the keyboard scene from Wanted. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. was the name of the Angelina Jolie movie where they curved bullets. Uh, yeah, when you guys were talking about the slow-mo scenes. There's a funny part where he hits with the keyboard, he hits Chris Pratt. Uh, like, no one knew who Chris Pratt was then. And also, Okay, like, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and also now yeah. he's starring in a, in a uh, multi-million dollar... Uh, Franchise, uh, yeah, the Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy, and he was the voice of of Emmett in the Lego Movie. Everything, uh, is... everything is awesome. So, um, <laughs> Alan, uh, uh, just had to throw that out there. Sorry about the formatting in my mom level. Okay, well, thanks, Alan. Even, yeah, I didn't even think of that one. That one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that movie in general has some good moments of that. It's, I like that movie for some reason, I don't know despite why. the Luma Fortune. 
I love that. I love it. I want... The loom of fortune. fortune. Yay. Yeah. Uh, there you go. That's our <laughs> show, right? Right? Yeah. Um, what are we watching? Well, what are we watching? Uh, did, uh, we've all been on vacation the last few weeks. Did yeah. we watch anything? Probably not, right? I ain't been watching. Uh, we all kind of probably watched a little bit of the, um, the World Cup. And, Hell no, yeah. I didn't. Hey, I got into Sherlock. That is Love such Sherlock. a great show, is not what episode yeah, are you on? Really? Dad, have, have you watched Sherlock? I we sure got through. Kim, oh. Kimberly and I got through Sherlock. Chad, She's actually watching with me. Chad, you you gotta watch it, man. It's so I can good. only I can only I can only do one show at a time. What are you watching now, Doctor yeah. Who? I'm I'm into season seven of Doctor Who. All right. Well, oh. when you're done he, with that, and when I, when then we finish that, it's, it's, it's then a, we'll jump into Sherlock. It's a BBC production. It'll have all I this, am very much aware. It's of all that. the same jokes. It'll all be the same stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they even get into a little. Uh, they talk in the funny same Irish accent. Right. Not Irish. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Please send all your hate mail to Sam Vector at Cheap Seat Reviews. Right. Um. Uh, what are we doing next week? Because I honestly don't know. Yeah. What are we doing? Oh my goodness, uh, Sam! You're going to hate this next statement. But uh, we are apparently watching Fifth Element next week. Oh, Yay! Is it still streaming? I haven't I don't seen think it. it is. I haven't I, seen it in a while on there. I will pay money for this. Really? I'm looking right now. Hold on. We, we need to have a discussion off air. But Yes, it's on. It's on Netflix. Oh, Yay! We're having a discussion off air about something special for next week. I just okay. want you to know Netflix has two out of five stars the ratings for this movie. I, I don't think, think that's. I don't care. Likely, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This movie is such a. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, great. The fifth Sam, element. Sam, they're coming. Sam, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like I said, we're gonna have an off air discussion real quick. Um, uh, time to wrap up. Okay, that's uh, that's you, Steve. Uh, Steve. There you go. Wake up, Steve. Sorry. There he is. He's, he's rusty. Well, Sorry. Sean, if you would feed him instead of just making him play guitar all the time, this wouldn't <laughs> well, be a problem. Well, he, that's how he's lost all this weight. Um, so, God. yeah, Steve's looking good, man. Appreciate it, Steve. So, special thanks goes out to Steve. Thanks, Steve, again for your music. Uh, you can find Steve. him online at steveeverett.net. Uh, he's playing shows all over the country. He's awesome. Leave us a review on iTunes and or Stitcher. Uh, or both, or uh, one or the other. We love to read them, and um, they make us happy and or sad. Visit our website, CheapSeatReviews.com. Um, we have some new stuff coming, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. just depends. Um, like us on Facebook, <laughs> Facebook.com slash CheapSeatReviews. Follow us on Twitter, at CheapSeatCast. Please check out audible or AudibleTrial.com slash CheapSeatReviews. And please send us your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com. We will read them on air and have a good time. So on behalf of Chad, Sam, Corny, saying this is Sean saying goodnight. Um, we're back from vacation. And, you know, don't fall through a second time. Yeah, it's not every day a blind man saves a movie. I bet he didn't see that coming. Especially. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>